And good morning, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVY, the voice of the in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. It is our Wednesday hump day edition of Tipping Point here in Tucson and all of Southern Arizona and to all of our listeners and of course Matt Neely making the magic happen on the other side of the glass. We wish you a happy Wednesday, a happy hump day, Matt. After this show, it is uh, it is all downhill from here we've, or we've, uphill, however crest- you wish to, right. to perceive it. <laughs> we're cresting the hill and uh, today is a day celebrating uh, some of the most popular people in Tucson this time of year, National HVAC Tech Day. Yes, uh, even more appreciated when uh, when your HVAC doesn't work, uh, which which always seems to happen right about the hottest day of the year for some people, um, which is why you know many of those uh, experts recommend you get a proactive look, a checkup on your HVAC system, so it's not 112 degrees with 30% humidity and uh, and you're out of AC. So, yeah, very 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 popular people this time of year, Matt. Exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I'm looking forward to today's show. Uh, I'll back my way into it and we'll get started. Ruben Navarrete will be with us, uh, the most widely read syndicated Latino columnist in the country. Uh, you've read, read him on many platforms that you would recognize. He's on with us regularly to talk about his perspective on national issues from his national level perch. He wrote a piece uh, for Father's Day, uh, Fatherly Advice. I I love it. What was the article? Here we go. My fatherly advice to kids growing up in a divided country. Uh, Wrote that for the Daily Beast uh, over the weekend. So we'll get his his in-person review of that piece uh, to close out our show. But to open us, uh, here is our regular faith and culture contributor, uh, Pastor Jeff Loxton, with another special guest. Uh, and, And this is a continuation of a topic, Pastor Jeff, um, that uh, you know has gotten more emails and texts and contacts than even usual. Kind of caught me by surprise, uh, but it makes sense. But Pastor Jeff will welcome you on in now. Uh, tell us where in the world you are and uh, who you brought with you this morning. Tough day here in Colorado, 69 degrees on the campus of Colorado Christian University. Oh, stop. Yeah. Oh, stop. <laughs> Stop I will be it. Uh, uh, bearing the heat with you next week, but I'm excited <laughs> to introduce Eric uh, Loveland. Eric and his wife, Bree, are um, the Arizona—they represent Arizona. He's the Arizona director for an organization called Decision Point, and it's an entity that I've gotten to know over the last year. So we're up here with them, actually, and we're looking at today the solution side of helping the next generation, our students, their, their, their families uh, within the local school system in the face of the conversations we've been talking about related to things like sexting, suicide, depression, uh, sex trafficking, rough, rough conversations mm-hmm. to have, but today's going to be focused more on the positive and some really dynamic things that are occurring right in our own community. 
Very cool. Pastor Jeff, as always, thank you for curating these conversations. And I've said this before on the show, too, in light of these topics. You know, I have three young children. A couple of them are going to start entering, you know, the daily school grind here pretty soon. And every generation has challenges. I'm not a doomsdayer. I'm an eternal optimist. But I got to tell you, as a parent, I am very nervous to raise my children in this world. Um, It is not an easy time. There's a lot going on. And then we added COVID to that too, which is just creating spikes in mental health and suicide and depression. So let's bring Eric on in, Eric Loveland. Uh, decision point, it sounds a little bit like tipping point, so I think I'm with you already. Uh, but but tell us about decision point and uh, how you are working with students on campuses to really navigate and be the solution side to some of these challenges. Eric Loveland. Yeah, Zach, thanks for having me on. I'm grateful to be here. Um, Decision Point uh, is formerly known as the National School Project. We just celebrated our 20-year anniversary today. Uh, Started out of uh, Los Angeles, out of Biola University. Um, We've been able to coach students uh, across over 500 schools across the nation now, coaching students from 19 states. Um, Specifically in Tucson, uh, we're coaching, coaching 50 students from 15 schools. Hmm. and god is uh definitely using those students to reach their peers um this this past spring um during our college season uh over two students from some of the schools have been able to hear the gospel being preached from guest speakers and youth pastors uh from all uh from all over tucson so it's been such a huge blessing and our vision is to see a student-led church-supported campus awakening to the love of christ at every school, and God is using students to do that. Um, and our mission uh, is to reach the reach the next generation, uh, or proclaim the, the next generation the gospel. And so we're so glad to be here, and my wife and I are just truly blessed to be in Tucson. So. Eric, uh, Pastor Jeff and I have been doing this for a couple of years now. We are, are at the very odd, but I think, uh, you know, valuable intersection, our conversations at the intersection of faith and culture, uh, church and community, um, and, and realizing that's an important intersection on many levels in our community. Uh, you know, Pastor Jeff kicked the conversation off. We hear a lot about uh, gun violence and mass shootings in school, suicide, depression. We've had two back-to-back conversations talking about the increase uh, in, in, in sex abuse and sex trafficking through a number of very, uh, and I don't say this positively, creative and innovative ways that didn't exist uh, not that long ago, which are now including themselves a, a, a spike in in suicide how are students that you get to work with uh, responding to these issues and 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 responding to the work of of decision point you get that front row seat uh, eric loveland how are students responding today to these issues yeah you know we're seeing this this is very problematic it's what we're seeing is it's a i mean we know that it's a physical symptom of a spiritual problem. And students are seeing that all across campuses and at school, from all their peers uh, to their family. And, and uh, there's a longing and a need uh, that, they're, that they're desiring to do something about it and to step up and take a stand. And, uh, and God has been prompting them on their hearts to, to really reach their peers. And so uh, that's what we at Decision Point do, is we help to coach and equip 
uh, students and train them their legal rights that they are able to do this on their campus and that God is calling them to do it. So what um, what, what do you what do you give me one or two concerns you're hearing from students on on campuses maybe stepping back from kind of a faith-based answer what what are some of the top kind of social issues on the mind of students that you get to work with and the students that they get to uh, work with the student to student side and then the Eric to student side yeah I mean aside from from uh, hearing about drug and alcohol abuse um, we're seeing a skyrocket of suicide and depression. Uh, over 1.1 million students per year reporting attempting suicide or having mm-hmm. suicidal thoughts. And uh, so it's just a devastating number. Um, we're also seeing now in this culture uh, just shifting into uh, uh, gender dysphoria and all of these different things that students are walking through and the, the, the peer pressures of this culture that students are falling into just no longer being able to see the truth and to grasp, uh, yeah, what is truth. And so uh, students are really uh, itching to reach their students to help them uh, in this time of need. This morning we're with Pastor Jeff Loxon, our Faith and Culture contributor, uh, and uh, his guest, Eric Loveland, our guest, Eric Loveland, Arizona State Director for a group that works with students in, in high schools and schools all across the country, 15 here in Tucson, called Decision Point. We're trying to dig into what are our students today facing and, and what uh, is the role and what are organizations like Decision Point doing to try and help students make sense of that. Uh, that's our conversation this morning. When we return, part two of our dialogue and then after that a few words from me a a either or conversation that uh, and i say this lovingly drives me up a wall and i want to talk about it in the third segment ruben navarrete after that will be with us uh he's the nation's most widely read uh, uh latino columnist and we'll talk about his article fatherly advice for children growing up in a divided America. We'll be back right after this. So much more to go on this Wednesday morning drive time edition of Tipping Point, 1030 The Voice. CBS News at the top and bottom of every hour, 1030 The Voice, trusted local news and talk. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. 
Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson cashoffer.com. School's out and summer's here. And now's the best time to come out in the evenings and catch Tucson's professional soccer team, FC Tucson, in action. We're back home June 11th for Forever Pride. Fireworks and a salute to the troops on July 3rd. Celebrating Tucson's birthday on August 20th. And don't miss our defending WPSL Desert Conference champions in action. The FC Tucson women have home games June 3rd, June 19th, June 24th, and July 1st. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours now at fctucson.com. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona here. This Wednesday morning drive time edition of Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. Uh, part two of our conversation this morning with faith and culture contributor Pastor Jeff Loxton and our guest uh, Eric Loveland, the Arizona State Director for an organization called Decision Point. We met Eric and Decision Point uh, in the first segment. Uh, and, and really what spurred this is a conversation that Pastor Jeff and I have had uh, with a number of guests and between ourselves or last number of weeks, really taking a microscope to what we are seeing as uh, uh, students dealing with mass shootings, suicide, depression, uh, sexting, sex abuse, sex trafficking. There are more and new and creative, sadly, ways uh, that our young people uh, on our school campuses, and we're at this morning really we're talking pre-college, I believe, um, are really struggling with a number of social pressures and issues. Uh, Decision Point is an organization uh, on the front lines of this, and we're hoping that we can uh, come out of this with uh, you know some answers on, on what what can be possibly uh, solutions to this Eric I want to um, refer back to an article and I think Pastor Jeff and I actually discussed it back in March um, of this year uh, American men are dropping out of college in alarming numbers uh, it writes a slew of articles over the past year depict a generation of men who feel lost attached and lacking in male role models this sense of despair is especially acute uh, among working class men, fewer than one in five of whom completes college, yet one group is defying the odds, boys from working class families who grow up religious. This is a part of a piece Eric written in the New York Times uh, by one of their faith and culture contributors. I followed the lives 
of 3,290 teenagers. This is what I learned about religion and education. And, you know, and Eric, and to all of our listeners, I just want to make clear the intent of these conversations at the intersection of faith and culture, church and community, is never to uh, to push faith or proselytize, not the goal of these right. segments, but it's to ask, what is the role of faith and religion in today's life? Decision Point, Eric, is, is a faith-based organization. Uh, what is the role uh, what can be the role uh, of, of faith-based institutions to meet these social challenges in other social institutions like schools? Your thoughts, Eric? Yeah, you know, I think uh, the biggest thing is, uh, yeah, to, to, to help provide a, an ultimate solution to this problem, right? I think so many people have different solutions to things, and they're grasping different answers and seeking different truths. And we're here to provide the the way, the truth, and the life to these students through Jesus Christ, and um, to let students know that uh, that they have a purpose on their campuses uh, to reach their students uh, and to make an impact um, by sharing their faith uh, with other students who may be struggling with some of these things. Uh, what's happening now, by the way, Eric? You are you and Jeff are, I think, at a national meeting happening in Colorado. Um, talking about what this looks like, not just in Tucson, uh, but but around the country. Well, what? Give me the national level perspective on this. Yeah, so we're actually hosting our first first ever student leader conference here at Colorado Christian University. It's a week long or a, like a four day conference. Uh, we have close to a hundred students who have shown up from all different states around the country. Um, who some who are being coached by some of our volunteer coaches. Um, and many who are new to, newer to the organization uh, who really want to make a difference on their campus. And so this week, we're giving them the tools and the resources uh, to equip them for this upcoming school year. And we also have uh, some famous or some, some known guest speakers from around the country who are coming to share some of their stories and their testimonies. Uh, and then uh, we also have some, some live worship that's happening this week. So the students are loving it, and it's been such a great time so far. Pastor Jeff, I want to pull you back in on this. Uh, Pastor Jeff Loxon is our faith and culture contributor, pastor of Hope City Church here uh, here in Tucson. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on some of the some of the similar questions. As kind of a, a participant, I guess I would say in this in this national meeting. Same question to you. Uh, what are the what are the opportunities? What are you hearing from students up there? Um, around the very current challenges that we've been speaking about here on the airwaves in Tucson. You know, we've been talking about mass shootings. Last night we had a chance to hear from somebody who lives here in Denver, was there during Columbine, um, both as a pastor in the local community. His wife was connected to the campus there at Columbine. And just the, 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 di- the dichotomy between the feeling of hopelessness that is very much there now, that was there in the events of Columbine, obviously there in the more recent mass shootings, um, it's not just relegated to mass shootings, the feeling of hopelessness that our youth are, are uh, being overwhelmed with. We're seeing through interactions here youth that are saying, uh, I have been surrounded by a, a community of people that are supporting me. I feel empowered to not be silent around my friends, to ask them how they're doing, to reach out to them. And uh, um, they're taking the, 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 the point or the lead on rallying around each other and inspiring each other to uh, 
to live for something more uh, than the things that have been handed to them. And so I'm encouraged by the attitudes that are emerging and the, the hope um, that I see coming through these students. And it's not just here at the conference. Uh, we had a chance to go to Palo Verde the first day. I think there were 60 kids that showed up. The last day, there was uh, about 20% of the student body there that showed up. One of those conversations was simply a, a student that said, I'm a senior this year and I'm afraid of what campus life in college looks like. And I said, well, let's talk about that. These are simple conversations that are easily overlooked, but our students are now beginning to have them and feel empowered to have them. And I think it's encouraging. Pastor Jeff, I'll stay with you on this question. Uh, you know, we're really talking about Generation Z here, not millennials anymore. Um, that might be a newsflash to some people, um, but gener- millennials are now, you know, 40 plus. So so keep hating, but millennials are now <laughs> 40 plus. Uh, generation Z is really this high school, early college um, generation. Uh, more pessimistic about the world or more optimistic about the world? What are you, what are you seeing there, uh, Pastor Jeff? Well, I think with all and my students are in that so it's very you're you're concerned about what your kids will experience my kids are living it right now yes um in college as seniors and i think that there is a pessimism that is there but i think when we as adults and i'm speaking to our listeners when we as adults are proactive about having conversations with our with our children with our youth even those that we don't know um i don't be surprised about their responsiveness and the solutions that are within them and what can be awakened within them when we sit at the table and just talk to them uh, as friends uh, apart from parents. The solutions I see these kids wanting to come up with really do give me hope for future generations, and I think they're catching that as they're being listened to by adults and empowered to act on some of these ideas that they have. And, and that's transformational in a very positive way that our community desperately needs. Hmm. I think so. I mean, my, my sense is um, that, there, that we are living through um, a, a, a few crises, a, a crisis of, um, of, of fabric, um, a, a, a crisis of, um, of truth. And by truth, I mean what is a through line through the ideas, through the issues, through the complexities of life today that help make sense of those things, uh, a, a crisis um, uh, of connection to institutions, uh, whether it be government, church, media, whatever it is, we don't have these guiding, grounding institutional forces that we used to that help raise great young men and women able to live in today's world. Uh, The picture in my head is young people just swimming around in a lot of complexity without a lot of answers and without a lot of support. Um, And and I think it's going to take all kinds of organizations to to sort through that. Um, Eric, this time has absolutely flown by, and I know I need to cut you and Pastor Jeff loose here. Uh, 30 seconds, where can people go to find out more about Decision Point and reach out to you further? Yeah, so visit us at decisionpoint.org. We have some information on what we're teaching our students, training our students how to get involved, how to be a volunteer coach, how to pray, and how to financially support the organization. And we thank you guys so much. Thank you again for taking a few minutes away from uh, what I know is a very busy day. Pastor Jeff, as always, thank you. And we'll see you back in Tucson pretty soon. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Pastor. When we come back, a few words from me and then Ruben Navarrete 
We'll close out the show. We'll be right back. School's out and summer's here. And now's the best time to come out in the evenings and catch Tucson's professional soccer team, FC Tucson, in action. We're back home June 11th for Forever Pride. Fireworks and a salute to the troops on July 3rd. Celebrating Tucson's birthday on August 20th. And don't miss our defending WPSL Desert Conference champions in action. The FC Tucson women have home games June 3rd, June 19th, June 24th, and July 1st. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours now at fctucson.com. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell, but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome. If you're just joining us, you're listening live out of the Common Workspace Studios. Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM1030 KVY, The Voice, this Wednesday, Hump Day edition of our Drive Time Hour. And it's sponsored in part by Decibel Coffee Works, the coffee that the Yensers drink at home and while we're out and about, run by a great local team of people who live here, work here, and love this community. Uh, You'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. And also pleased to say ice cream is now added to that list. You can go to decibelcoffeeworks.com, D-E-C-I-B-E-L, um, uh, and probably more importantly, visit their location at 267 South Avenida del Convento, that's the Mercado San Agustin Annex, uh, to purchase some of this good stuff. And uh, you'll get 10% off your next order when you mention you heard about them here on Tipping Point with me, uh, Zach Yenser. We uh, just said uh, goodbye to our faith and culture contributor, our uh, top of the hour guest, and a special guest, Eric Loveland, from an organization called Decision Point, a continued kind of digging into of what is on the minds of Gen Z and our young people today, who I would say are facing uh, difficulties that may even exceed the difficulties that millennials, those who are uh, kind of mid-20s up through uh, now early 40s, really, uh, ex- felt that they experienced, right? A generation that went through 9-11 and the Great Recession, and, and those were difficult times for sure. 
Uh, but uh, as every generation has its challenges, I think about the young people uh, in middle school and high school today and the world they are growing up into, and it feels, um, it feels scarier and murkier with greater challenges and less institutional support. This country has a crisis of institution. And I use the word crisis only when I mean it. Because if you say it too much and you don't mean it, then it loses its meaning. Uh, we don't have institutions in this country anymore that work, that do what they're supposed to do, and provide guardrails around our young people growing up. Uh, our institutions have been taken over by individuals who use platforms uh, for personal messaging and personal gain and personal power uh, not the development of our communities. You think about churches uh, and media and government and families and these institutions that could help people discover who they are and become effective adults. Uh, most of them, if you listen to the American people and the data that they pull, uh, aren't working, don't work, and aren't effective, and there's no trust. And we've got to figure that piece out if we're going to continue this American experiment. I'm ultimately an optimist, but this seems crystal clear to me. And so I think there is a place um, for institutions of faith um, to figure out how to be those grounding, supportive uh, organizations again. So I'm always interested to dig into that um, with Pastor Jeff Loxton. Ruben Navarrete on the other side. We are going to talk about his recent piece in the Daily Beast, my fatherly advice to kids growing up in a divided country. But first, uh, there's something that I have heard over the years on this show that that I, I heard again this week and I just thought I would I would share my thoughts uh, here. And certainly some of this stuff is coming up as, for those of you who don't know, and it's always bittersweet to say this, I shared more on Monday, but I will be signing off and hanging up the headsets for the last time uh, on July 1st. All good things. Uh, there, there's, no, uh, there's no trouble behind that statement. Uh, just a season ending for uh, another season to, to open. All good things. Um, but as I'm thinking about what are the trends and themes and such that I've heard over the last almost five years uh, here on, on Tucson Airwaves, there's this kind of either-or philosophy that I hear from some. Uh, and, you know, I've been out there banging this drum of Space City of the Southwest. Um, Tucson, if you want another Motorola moment, if you want another... IBM moment. If you want to lose again and be on the back end of a national growing industry that we have a prime opportunity to plant our flag in, then ignore me on Space City of the Southwest. And I'm rarely that bold. Longtime listeners will, will not recognize that tone from me often. But we are at a moment where I think we are about to lose our opportunity to embrace our capacity as a space city, the new space economy, not just aerospace and defense, but the new space economy. So I've been preaching this because I think it's an urgent moment and not enough people are paying attention and it's about to be a Motorola moment again. Remember, there was a point in time where we were said to be the next Austin of the Southwest. 
our upward trajectory matched or beat that of Phoenix not that long ago. Again, not that I want to be Phoenix, but our, our promise, our potential as a community was that high. And we simply said, amongst other factors that impacted it, maybe outside of our control, we said, no, thank you. And I fear that we are in that moment with Space City of the Southwest. You can laugh at me, but it's set to be a $500 billion industry. Tucson could own it. And like so many other times, it feels like we either laugh at it or say, no, thank you. Tacos and trails are good enough for me. So Tucson, don't miss this moment. Let me wrap up here. I've been preaching that. And, and, and over the years, as I have looked at the big, bold opportunities of Tucson, people have said, yes, but, uh, but why don't we just be a, uh, a city where the essentials are done right? Right, where we just have good roads and safe, like we should focus on just safety and just roads and just parks. And I've always scratched my head at that either or. Because by the way, I think we should be focusing on those things. My phraseology, and I'll continue to say this through the eye rolls. Some people love this, some people eye roll. It's okay, I don't care. One foot in the pothole, one foot on the moon. We don't have the luxury to put our head in the sand and ignore the big trends, the big industries happening around us. But we don't have the luxury either to just focus on the big ideas and not take care of the essentials. We have to do both. And I, and I, and, and I still am trying to wrap my mind around the either or. The sense of where there's this kind of theoretical group that's only preaching this over here and there's this theoretical group preaching this over here. I got to tell you, I think the average Tucsonan wants safe neighborhoods and a thriving 21st century modern economy, which we don't have. I think most Tucsonans realize you need both and that the job of citizens to electeds and everything in between is to do both at the same time. There's no luxury to focus on one over the other. And, and I'll say this in close. Uh, the two are joined at the hip. You, you, you can't have safe neighborhoods and sustained infrastructure without a thriving economy that can pour the resources in to do that over time. And you certainly can't have a thriving 21st century modern future forward economy if those essentials aren't taken care of. But the two feed into each other. The two feed into each other. Matt, uh, before I go to break, I want to fit a caller, and I think we still have Gil on the line. Uh, I know we're a little bit behind to get Ruben in here, but I want to take this call. Gil, thanks for calling. Thanks for holding. Go ahead. Yeah, Zach, I'm 100% behind you as far as roads, parks, and, and affordable homes. Uh, have you um, broached this subject with our mayor and council, and what are they doing to... Uh, increase uh, opportunities for, for businesses to come into Tucson other than the sustainability campus that they have at the Los Reales landfill. Yeah, Gil, I appreciate the question, and I have, um, um, both on the air with them here in person, but I've also been in venues as a community member uh, where I've said, look, our last biggest wins in this community um, we're Caterpillar and Too Simple. We're now heading towards those being five, six, seven years ago. And I've said point blank, 
Uh, I've said, look, we were the darling of site selectors in the middle of COVID. There was this moment where people around the country said, hey, we want to go to Tucson. And I've asked, what happened to that? Um, and the responses I always get, well, well, Caterpillar, Zach, Amazon, too simple. And, and I just, these are five, six, seven years ago. There are communities, small and large, across the state that are uh, uh, welcoming and inviting and bringing in new industry within the last 12 months in the middle of a pandemic. So what are we doing? And, and Gil, look, I mean, the answers are what you'd expect. Um, respectfully, they, 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 they weren't interesting to me. It, it, it was very much impediments, you know, inaction. Um, they, there has to be, I think, a branding effort uh, on uh, in Tucson to say, hey, these are the kinds of industries we welcome and we're going to figure out how to staff our permitting and regulatory processes so it's faster uh, to be more welcoming to industry uh, and, and to do what it takes to make things happen faster. And I don't hear those things. Uh, Gil, I appreciate your call in and there's so much more I could say, uh, but Ruben Navarrete is on the other side and I want to get to him. So Matt, let's go there. Uh, my fatherly advice to kids growing up in a divided country, Ruben's Father's Day piece. We'll discuss that on the other side. Don't go anywhere. matter to you 1030 the voice tucson's trusted local news and talk the economy is moving forward and arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from covid 19 leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now the right talent in key positions will make all the difference and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge devin and her team at talent store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire retention and your employer brand learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento.
back to you, son, and all of Southern Arizona live here out of the Common Workspace Studios this Wednesday morning drive time edition of Tipping Point. Uh, we are here now with Ruben Navarrete, the most widely read Latino columnist in the country, syndicated across many platforms, right leaning and left leaning alike. And then he finds himself in the center on his podcast, Ruben in the Center. We lean on Ruben to talk about the national issues of the day, bullishly local show. Uh, but uh, we do touch on national issues, and most of the time we do it with the guiding hand of Ruben Navarrete. Ruben, good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Zach, great to be with you as always. Thank you. Hey, I really enjoyed your piece uh, in the Daily Beast uh, that you wrote around Father's Day, my fatherly advice to kids growing up um, in, a, in a divided country. Uh, I really, you know, resonated with the paragraph that you wrote. And I'm an eternal optimist. I'm an American optimist. We've been here before. Uh, but you wrote, Americans are supposed to leave this country better than we found it. We failed. We're low on empathy and understanding. We can't even agree on facts. Our politics dictate our news sources. We have no interest in having our beliefs challenged. We can be unfriended, canceled, or worse, simply for voicing an opposing or unpopular point of view People are moving towards the center, is your assessment. We are in an interesting American moment, Ruben. What is your advice uh, to the kids of America, (laughs) your fatherly advice, for uh, bringing us back to where we should be? Right. Thanks, Zach. So I normally uh, stay away from Father's Day columns. Uh, I've written a few over the years, but often will deflect. I'll interview somebody else about their experience with fatherhood. Uh, Maybe it's just because I think my experience with my father or with my kids, you know, it's a lovely and important part of my life. That's not something I, I normally put on display. But this column was different. I obviously set out to give advice specifically to my uh, kids and wound up in an unexpected way writing a column that also touched on my father uh, and our relationship as well. And the advice that my dad always gave me growing up, I have to admit when I was 16, 17 years old, I wasn't listening. And uh, like uh, most teenagers, you know, I didn't think like, my parents had much to offer. Uh, and then they get awfully smart. You know, suddenly when I get to college, they just become these very brilliant people yep. who give me very wise pieces of advice. And, uh, and it's a universal experience. And now I'm going through it because my kids are teenagers. So um, on the one hand, I, I am paid lots of money to go and fly off to places to give talks because people want to hear what I have to say. On the other hand, my three teenagers couldn't care less what I have to say. <laughs> and so I look forward to the day, four or five years or ten years from now, who knows when it comes, when all of a sudden I'll become much wiser in their eyes. Uh, what I wanted to tell them, Zach, was navigating this very difficult time, this divided time, this time where people are not listening to one another or giving each other you know, the time of day. It's really a unique challenge. It's not an America that I grew up in or that you grew up in. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's something that I think uh, requires some extra attention on their part. Some of the pieces of advice I gave them looking at the list on the, in the column, don't be afraid to be emotional. Emotion is good, but strive to be on even keel. Hmm. When you control your emotions, they don't control you. Uh, be kind to others. Treat people with respect. Don't look down on anybody. Own your words and your actions. Around here, I, my soapbox is always about accountability. You know, I want people to accept responsibility for what they do. Uh, don't play a victim, even when in those cases where you are being victimized. Uh, it, being playing a victim just gives more power to the people who are tormenting you than they deserve. And then one of the big ones that you and I talk about a lot here, you can be friends with people 
even when you disagree politically. You know, argue your truth, but argue fairly. Keep an open mind to the possibility that you might be wrong, because oftentimes you will be wrong. Uh, and so that that is a big one. That is one that we're having trouble with. Uh, I hear from friends who have written books about coming together and bringing people together that, Zach, when they go out and speak to audiences, one sentiment they hear is, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in making peace with the gun nuts on the right or the pro-abortion folks on the left. Uh, depending, pick your issue. Uh, there are just groups out there that people do not have an interest in in getting together with and, and meeting, meeting, having a meeting of the minds or compromising in any way. So it is a, a really steep mountain, I think, that my kids' generation has to climb, and this was my contribution. Mm. One that you mentioned, Ruben, is always stay curious. Um, yeah. There's no shame in not knowing the answer, but you should be embarrassed if you don't care enough to find out. And I, and I think more curious people um, would be very beneficial in this moment. People who are willing to be curious and to be wrong or to add to their information set. My dad used to say, uh, he who thinks, or she who thinks, of course, uh, they have all the answers are not up to date on the right questions. And that's mm-hmm. stuck with me, Ruben, in, in a big way. Um, th- this, this feels like it, it kind of spills over into this idea of the great sort, where we are seeing uh, people willingly separate uh, themselves right. into geographic areas, quite honestly, of this country where right. people think like them, believe like them, want the same right. thing. And I get the human desire, but I just don't think that's healthy for America. Yeah, I can see the impulse for why they do it. Um, when I'm arguing with my editor at Newsmax, who's on the right, and he wants to convince me that Joe Biden has opened the border, and I'm telling him that that's the big lie. That's the real big lie. There is no open border, and Biden didn't open the border. Well, that's going to that's gonna cause some conflict, right? I eventually did win that argument, Zach, because, I mean, come on. You know, you're not going to argue immigration with Ruben Navarrete, right? I mean, I've studied this stuff for 30 years. I'm going to win those arguments. But sometimes if the argument's on the right, it's exhausting. And then I turn around and I have a conversation with a friend on the left or a host on the left who wants to convince me that, you know, Donald Trump's Donald Trump single-handedly brought racism to America or something, it wasn't here before he got here, uh, then that's going to be exhausting. And so it is exhausting to defend yourself. And I can see why the ant cultures of the world want to go into their little right-wing cave. And I can see why the Rachel Maddows of the world want to go into their left-wing cave. It's comfortable. They can go in there, have hot chocolate, put their feet up. But, you know, you know my motto at Navarrete Nation is ready to fight tonight. I'll fight you on the right. I'll fight you on the left. You know, let's go. And it gets tiresome. It gets, it gets exhausting. I can see why people just want to check out and go into their respective cocoon, a blue one or a red one. I mean, Ruben, you've, you've been around uh, a little bit longer than I have, and we'll just leave it there, Ruben. You did put your age in this article, so I guess it's, uh, yeah. it's, a, it, it's free for everybody to, uh, <laughs> to see. But yeah, uh, this is not the country, yeah. this is not the country you grew up in. Not at all. I'm 55 years old. I'm a member of Generation X. I grew up in the 1970s. A lot of people in your audience can relate to growing up in the 1970s. You know, uh, I went through my teen years in the 1980s. I'm a child of the 80s in that regard. Uh, And that was a time, as you know, Zach, or may have heard, famously, when Ronald Reagan on the right could have, could fight it out with Tip O'Neill on the left during the day and then go out and have, uh, you know, go to the White House and have whiskeys at night. 
And somewhere along the line, we have lost that. And you can blame it on, on the beginning of the acrimony in the Clinton years or the Bork hearings or the after effect of Vietnam. You name Whatever it was that it brought us apart, it's not a good thing. It, I, you have to make a, an attempt every day to be exposed to ideas you do not agree with. And I got a piece of mail that proves your point. I got a piece of mail some time ago who said, you know, I've been reading your column for 20 years. And um, I really liked it. I always look forward to it. But lately, in the last few years, you and I have just been disagreeing too much. So I'm not going to read you anymore. And I thought, what a brilliant, co- what a brilliant commentary, right? I'm, I'm so thankful for this uh, email. This person put into words what so many people are, are feeling and expressing. And that is the shortest, uh, the shortcut to becoming a really stupid individual, a really dumb individual, right? If I say I'm not going to read anything from a writer on the right or a writer on the left because we just disagree too often, what I'm basically saying is I'm content to go through life with half of my brain shut off. And, and that's kind of what I see. I, I see folks who are pro-Second Amendment want to be able to have 18-year-olds by AR-15s on the right, on the left, I have people who think you should be uh, 16 years old. You can have an abortion without getting permission from your parents. Right? Perfect. Beautiful. And those are the extremes. And neither one of them feels secure enough in their point of view to have a discussion about it and have that point of view challenged. So what they do is they purge their surroundings of anybody who will say, hey, you know what? No offense, but that idea is crazy. Hmm. Ruben, is there any is there any other advice besides what you shared in your fatherly advice for kids growing up in a divided America? You wrote that over the weekend. Uh, and anything else that we should be doing as an American people to try and write course? Yeah. Um, you know, it's been great to hear from listeners uh, who you know I'm you know going to hang up the headphones on July first. Who said I like, I didn't always agree, but you always had a platform. Um, where we, we could listen to each other and where there was alt- you know, alternative viewpoints and different viewpoints that we could hear and we could learn together. Do we just need more people creating those spaces? How do we, how do we get out of this, Ruben? Right. And I think it's a good time to really give you props, Zach, for the, the show that you've put together and, and your time, your contribution, because uh, there is precious little of that, as you can well imagine. The loudest voices on the right, on the left, the ones who leave serve no uh, possibility that they could be wrong about anything. Uh, those are the ones that really dominate the media landscape. Uh, but on the other hand, you see people out there like yourself, like Michael Smirconish in the middle and others who are really trying to carve out that center ground, that center space, as I am at, at Ribbon in the Center on my podcast. Uh, it's clear that um, that is at once a place where there's not a lot of people now, but a lot more people are moving there because they're turning, they're being turned off by the extreme. So the best piece of advice is, you know, do a little bit of what Zach did every, uh, every time on his show and daily on his show, and that's to um, listen to different points of view. Expose mm-hmm. yourself to different points of view. Seek out people who you disagree with and give them a listen and then let them listen to you. Well, Ruben, I always uh, at the, these points give my listeners credit, um, but I think most of America is, is fleeing towards the center in real life. That's just not where all the noise is. Ruben, thank you for what you do. Uh, Ruben in the Center is your podcast, and uh, we'll do this one more time next week, sir. Zach, thanks so much. Good to be with you as always. Thanks. Thank you, Ruben. 
When we come back tomorrow, Tucson, more from Tipping Point on 1030 The Voice. Hue it up next. Bill Buckmaster at noon. Thanks for listening.